You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic, and today we have episode 75. Yeah, I guess it would be helpful if I actually updated that. (laughs) And um, and it's a little bit different today. We still have a lot of our great segments, but not quite as many because we have a, a special interactive activity. Interactive for us, not interactive for for you. No, it's either going to be great radio or great podcasting or absolutely horrible podcasting. I I have a feeling it's going to be the latter. We'll see. We won't know until we do it. Yeah, one of our our coworkers came up with an idea and we decided to incorporate it. So we're we're excited. It's something that I'm going to fail at miserably. And it's always a contest and I know I'm going to fail. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see about that. So, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but another thing we wanted to add to this episode was kind of a recap of our last episode. Um, we had a really fantastic rude discussion uh, with four just excellent guests and all about some of uh, well, basically women and and working their way into ecology. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it was a lot to unpack for for me, there was. There was a lot there that I wasn't expecting to hear. No, you know, I I really couldn't wait to edit that one to listen to it mm-hmm. because I needed to listen. It was so much that I, I felt like I needed to, to go back and revisit. And, you know, I I couldn't stop thinking about that episode for, for quite some time after yeah. we recorded. There were, like you said, it was a lot to unpack, and I just did a lot of reflecting over mm-hmm. over the years in my my time in the industry and it, it just I was disappointed in myself that there were so many things that were brought up that I never thought about. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was when we I, I don't remember exactly how we worded the question, but asked like what were some of the the things that were challenges to get into ecology, horticulture, those kind of things. And um I was expecting, oh, I had a, a professor who really held me back because he didn't respect me because I was a woman, those kind of answers or i had a co-worker who yeah who just who was really me. sexist and and just, um i wasn't expecting to hear oh yeah we it's hard to find gloves it's hard to find clothes to and, and boots to wear in this and, and and then on top of that maternity clothes to wear in the field i that was not something i considered um you know because it doesn't affect us yeah and well, it's and it just made you realize the gender bias that's built in to mm-hmm this industry yeah. or these this part of the industry that y- because it doesn't affect us you don't you don't really think yeah. about it and and until the internet became more popular i had a really hard time finding shoes that fit me yeah. just cuz well, i you're a tall uh, you I, wear tall sizes yeah. right and and but uh that's like a whole nother level yeah so i understand it's difficult to find things if you are outside of that norm yeah. but it seems like our industry has really just kind of restricted the norm and you I don't. You can't necessarily fault a lot of these companies because ninety nine percent of what they're making is for they're they're producing something for a certain clientele yeah. that tends to be heavily male dominated. Well, now the market's kind of swinging that there there is a need for those kind of things, and 
Um, maybe the market hasn't shifted to supplying women's outdoor uh, workwear as fast as it should have. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of growth, not just in that aspect. And, and I thought about this after, you know, the night after we recorded the nursery industry in the late 80s, early 90s was still very much like the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked for a company, and on the facility I was at, we had 26 miles of greenhouse. That's massive. Um, and when I first started working there in 1992, we only had radios for the spring season, mm-hmm. and all of our equipment – was leased and went back after the spring season. So if you had bald and burlap trees that need to be moved, you were doing it by hand because you didn't need the machine. We actually would have a a party at the end of – at Memorial Day mm-hmm. for the end of shipping season, and you didn't ship between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Wow. Um, because you just did production. Yeah. Like you weren't open for business. And I – that's hard to believe. But it was like you could just – people wandered around the nursery. You couldn't even get in touch with them. No one had a – it was – you know, pre-cell phone, you didn't have a radio. Like imagine 26 mm-hmm. miles of greenhouse and people just scattering and not knowing, yeah. you know, what they were doing or where they were at. It was – and some of the things that I've witnessed during those years were somewhat a little funny and somewhat appalling, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the severity of, of, of different things. But it's just – it's come a long way. It really was the Wild West when I think about just how it operated then and, and how it – like I said, there were – I had bosses that had bars in there. Yeah their office and you would drink during the day, you know, it was just mm-hmm. accept it. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I guess I really got tuned into this subject. It was probably three or four years ago. Now um, there's a, a horticultural program uh, put out by, I guess it's through Texas A&M uh, called Eagle, which is executive Academy for growth and leadership. And it's um, it focuses really on the finances of running a nursery and the business aspects but uh, we had a, a really great coordinator for that, uh, Kelly O'Reilly, and she brought this up. Now, I went through the program. My brother went through the program after me. There wasn't a single woman in my class when we would have these meetings. Kelly was the only woman in the room okay. typically. Um, and then when we have these reunion events where we kind of just all get together for three days uh, with everyone who's gone through the program, and you kind of break down. And uh, there's a handful of women in the room, but it's – even say it might it's a 75 25 split at best so uh yeah still heavily male dominated and she just brought it to everyone's attention just saying hey this is something that's been an issue in the nursery industry um been an issue just overall you guys being the forward thinkers already from a, a business standpoint need to be the ones that are on top of this and addressing this not just at your own institutions and businesses but in the, the nursery industry as a whole, you need yeah. to be policing this better than, than you have because no one has been doing it. So she brought it to everyone's attention. That really just kind of took it home and said, I hadn't even thought about a lot of that stuff. No, you know, and as an outsider looking at that, yeah. you know, there's there's a couple ways you can look at it. For me, at least that I can see it, you know, if you're sending someone to the Eagle program, it's it's you're making an investment mm-hmm. because it's it's not something that's inexpensive. It's, you know, you're making an investment in that person and your company by sending someone to that company. So, and it's a lot of generational nurserymen, uh, I would imagine. Like a lot of the people that I've heard you mention are like the sons of people that own nurseries. Mm -hmm. So it's a a lot of generations coming in, but either there aren't the women there that want to come in or they're not being given the opportunity that Mm -hmm. someone sees and says, 
I don't know if I value you to this company as much as that investment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wouldn't go as that far with that program. I think yeah. it's more so it just reflects the actual the industry, breakdown yeah. of the industry more than anything. Because there's some of those second generation people that are there are, are women. women. Yeah. Um, so I think it just kind of reflects what the industry looks like. But one of the things I reflect back on, too, is how different Pinelands Nursery has been. Um, that my parents started it because our nursery wasn't like that. Um, even now, it's like it's if you not. look at our management team, it's a pretty even split. split. It probably even leans. Uh, I'm trying to go through my head right now. Um, it's probably it's probably sixty forty. Yeah, it might even lean slightly more yeah. female than male. But uh, yeah, so it's that was never a thing for me. Is is when I looked at the nursery industry in my experiences, there was just as many women as there were men. And um, that was, I think, one of the things my parents really valued yeah. was making sure that there was that that split because everyone has different innate skills. They have different ways of thinking of things, and you're not if you have a, a demographic that is heavily skewed one way. Well, they're probably all going to think very similarly when yeah. you have it where it's a little bit more um, diverse. Well, they're going to bring different backgrounds, different experiences. They've been treated differently by people. So they're going to have different ideas on what's the best way to proceed. And now you can actually have communication and come to something that's a, a consensus yeah. versus saying, oh, well, we all think this way. So that's what we're going to do. But I think a lot of that in the early days, and this is just an observation, having been been in the industry for over 30 years. You know, back in the 80s, there were people that had college degrees that were in the industry, but it wasn't. A requirement, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because, as as Amy and 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 Dr. Eckel mentioned, Amy Green, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those degrees didn't exist. Yeah, you know, they just wanted workers, and mm-hmm. if you were a good worker, you could kind of move up through the ranks. So it was something that gravitated, I think, more more a male audience to mm-hmm. do that yeah. work. And that's kind of how it progressed. It's a lot different now, you know. A lot oh, yeah. of these, a lot of these positions, they want a college degree, and now these programs exist, and it's more of a split coming into mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. it's it's changed in that aspect, just as far as a professionalism um, aspect to the the job. It's just working your way through the ranks. I think really, I'm one of the last generations where you could be at the position that I'm at without having mm-hmm. had gone to college. It was just the time, timing and time frame. I don't know if that happened much after me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the big takeaway was that we need to have uh, more diversity in nature, in ecology, in native plants, in the nursery trade, because we need all those different perspectives to make it something that's good for everyone, because it is for everybody. And nature is for everyone. It's, and, uh, it's all inclusive. And, for, and now this is... Fran and I, as white men, saying this, but um, for far too long, it's been dictated by white men what nature is and who can go to nature. And uh, and even though the our public um, national parks and those kind of things, they're for everybody. But when you go to them, you only see certain people. It's a it's, it's a difference in philosophy because somewhere someone calling the shots isn't looking at nature. It's something that we're all a part of. It's something that they own. Mm-hmm. And they're going to control who gets to do what with it, and that's you know that's an an older mentality is starting to change, but you still have that in certain aspects. Yeah. So, but it shouldn't be that way. We do we de- we do need completely 
we need all different perspectives mm-hmm. for it, and that's the only way it's going to get better. Yeah. But it, it, at the end of the day, it's a conversation I'm proud of, not because we had four wonderful women on, but we had four wonderful people, four wonderful on guests that I I hope we can have on again at some point and on their own to really expand on on what they're doing because they're doing some really amazing things. They all do incredible and, work, and I I look up to all of them for the work that they're doing. I was very happy to be able to have a conversation and and sit. You know, and and be be part of it with yeah, them. Exactly. So, no, it was it was a lot to to take in, and I'm still kind of unpacking it now. But it's yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll bring it up on numerous occasions uh, yeah. as, no. as we go through future and, uh, episodes. So, but we want to make sure that we do keep visiting plants. I know that we're the native plants healthy planet that finds a way to not talk about plants a lot, but uh, I almost, but they're important parts. Is it's. Our, our focus started out on healthy pl- or on uh, native plants, and it's kind of focused to healthy or shifted to healthy, healthy ecology. Planet. Yeah, healthy so. planet. You know, I just felt there were there were parts of that podcast where I felt that I wasn't qualified to be there to mm-hmm. to do it. I'm like, who am I as a white male to be talking about women in ecology? Because I'm not a woman in ecology, you know. And yeah. these these people are, but I felt like almost as if I was doing a disservice by who I was. I wasn't representing it well. I did the best I could, and I tried not to insult anyone and just ask the best questions mm-hmm. I could. But it was a, it was, I was at an internal conflict the entire time we were we were doing that. Yeah. So, but we got a, a lot of great feedback. If you have feedback that that you've kind of been on the fence about giving us, uh, especially in regards to that episode, let us know. We want to know, even if it's just a, a personal email. We love to hear it and uh, and help us guide us going forward. We want to have more of these types of conversations in the future. That's the, well, that's the essence of rooted discussion. It really is, and I'm 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 happy with those conversations that we've had. Yeah. So, but with that, let's get into our regular scheduled programming, and uh, and we're gonna start. I I switched it back. I didn't like the, I, our little shift. You know up what? Last I time. didn't like it either. So we went, <laughs> Thank you. We, and even even my wife, who who makes a lot of the graphics for our our social media, listens to the podcast, and she's like, "Did you guys not do this? That's hot this week." And I was like, "No, we just changed the order. It's at the end." And she's like. I don't like that. So, <laughs> yeah, so like we're going to go and do it first once again. It's hot. All right. Speaking of going first, would you like to go first? I can or? go first. All right. And, um, All right, and these are just the, the plants that we are seeing that we really enjoy uh, seasonally. So right now, one of the things that I've always – I look forward to it every year is we have a field, uh, a seed field of Helianthus angustifolius. That it's one of the things, the last things to bloom in our seed fields. And it's, uh, so we have like 10,000 or 12,000 plants that we planted in over almost like half an acre to collect seed off of. Well, right now they are just glowing. It's uh, when, typically when you're driving down that road, it is just like someone turned on like an LED light that's yeah. just <laughs> emitting light all times of the day from that, that section. Especially when you get a little sun on it, it's ref- like reflecting the sun. Oh my God, is that that really and stunning? You know, for a tall plant, it's a very fragile looking plant. Yeah. You know, kind of the yeah. the way the petals curl up. It's mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like the best of both worlds. It's very striking. Yeah, and I found a really great description of this plant on Mount Cuba's website. Okay, so uh, and Mount Cuba Center is a great place to go see native plants. Well, their website's really good as well. Uh, and I'm just going to read it. It said. Swamp sunflower is a tall, striking plant from the perennial border, uh, or for the perennial border or naturalistic meadow garden, 
bright yellow, two-and-a-half-inch daisy-like flowers all grow on six-foot stems clothed in rich green needle-like leathery foliage, which is an awesome description yeah, of really their foliage. Is. It's super, super thin. Another name, common name for it is um, is uh, narrow-leaf sunflower. And then I don't remember if I mentioned the other one is swamp sunflower. Um, but, it's yeah, it's really just super thin leaves that are very leathery. It's a very unique uh, unique plant in that regard. Um, the clusters of flowers stand out when viewed at a distance, like I just described, or close up. Helianthus angustifolius lives in a wide range of soil moisture conditions. Swamp sunflower implies to me it's going to like it yeah. really wet. We grow it in a fairly dry field, and it does fantastic. Um, swamp sunflower is a special because it is among the last plants to bloom in late autumn. This sun-loving perennial grows well among Schizocarium scoparium, Andropogon virginicus, Symphiotrichum uh, georgianium, which I'm not familiar with that I, one. I don't know that And uh, Symphiotrichum oblongifolium and Euthamia caroliniana. And uh, huh. that is the part I really liked, is they gave you other things to grow alongside it that kind of match with and it. And it's That's, like nice textures. Oh, yeah, yeah, like it – yeah, totally. I don't know. I'm sure you've – You've noticed it, but it catches my eye every time around the backside of the pond before you transition into the backfield where our seven-gallon container production is. Mm-hmm. There's a, a patch that – I'm sure I know how they ended up there by the, the soil. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're there too. You know, but that's such a great patch, and the pollinators are all over that. They're starved for it right now. They, you, you know, they, they can't get enough. So yep. it's, it's – you, every time you walk by, it's striking. It's, it's hard not to stop and – observe mm-hmm. for a little bit that's a great choice that's yeah. a great choice and what was your choice this week you know i'm i was really speaking of being at conflict because i had picked this earlier and then i saw something yesterday that i wanted to change it but i i didn't change it so my uh possum hall will have to wait till next yeah. week yeah. so i got a great picture of that too but i went with white snake root uh because it's mm-hmm. something that you see quite often right now yes. i don't know if you know this but the botanical name has been changed it, it was previously Eupatorium rugosum, and it is now Ageratina altissima. Um, Interesting. So I never – I n- knew white snake root, but I didn't know – I could – when I walked by it, I, I could identify it and say, that looks a lot like a Eupatorium. I didn't know it was formerly a Eupatorium yeah, at uh, one point. We had it in production actually, and mm-hmm. it's – you know one of the things that's striking about it is it, it's more prevalent um, now, and there are some some – varieties that are small not like naturally occurring varieties that are a little shorter in height uh but it does have that ageratum type flower and uh i thought it was interesting that it's now ageratina uh very similar to ageratum uh but it's one to three foot tall uh white flower reminiscent of ageratum facultative upland can take sun and part shade and it's native from the midwest through the east coast and eastern canada it is toxic to livestock and can cause milk sickness in humans if you drink from contaminated milk. So it's something that's volunteered all along our hedgerows. You, see, I see it all the time right now, and it's one of those things where if you haven't noticed it, once you notice it and you idea it, you're going to see it everywhere. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things that's we we just had it volunteer in our backyard. It's growing up through our our high bush blueberry. Um, we didn't plant it, but it's there, and it wasn't there last year, but it's there this year. So it comes up, um, and and you'll notice it flowering now. So yeah, great, right. great choice for now. Um, I I like that it's something that you can spot just about anywhere when you're going around, oh, yeah. and it's and it's volunteering itself. But it's not extremely aggressive. It seeds in well, 
but it's not something that's going to take over. Mm-hmm. You'll yep. just see one or two here and there, and it's. I think we also have it growing in our fire pit <laughs> right, yeah, out, probably, right outside. Probably. There's a lot of stuff growing. Yeah, there. so uh, two great choices. Oh yeah, two two really good choices. I'm really happy with that. So it's. Um, I'm bummed that I didn't switch it. It's a great choice, but I have something for at least the next. Yeah, month. and I, there was another one I like that. Uh, I think will still look good. I, I'm thinking the same thing. Now, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we got we got to save them up until it's it gets to the point in time where it's really hard to pick. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so let's move on to our our botany based current event segment, uh, and of course we always make this competition. This is this or that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. So we do have a winner. A lot of votes. A lot yes. of votes oh, yeah. this this time around. But we do have a winner. Tom takes it this week, eighteen to fifteen. That was very close. That was actually yeah. it, it. Got closer at the end. You were you were way ahead, and I kind of slowly was picking up some votes. Over well, time. we had in my mind, while while not necessarily plant related, um, two really good articles. Mine being about how uh, the I didn't like the title. I never liked the titles of the articles. Because they, being they, they about, make it clickbait almost. Yes, like it was, just oh, LEDs are, are worse than regular lights. But it was really, lights are worse than no lights for moth populations, yes. at least in that segment of the United Kingdom where they were conducting the study. But I have a feeling that's worldwide. But, um, yeah, so that was a really cool article. And then your article I thought was really good as well. Yeah, and that was one that was recommended to to me by one of our coworkers. And there's actually a few articles. I didn't even realize that the one I used was not the article that she recommended to me. It was there were multiple articles written on the same topic. Um, the other one was more the one that I didn't see was more based on how important Atlantic white cedar are to our forests mm-hmm. in New Jersey and and how devastating it is that we're losing that. Yeah. Um, this one focused more on the art aspect and awareness. Of it, but you know, still great articles and different ways of approaching things. Um, I think it's funny that again, you took the scientific one. We're, we're switching roles. We did, yeah. We did switch roles, <laughs> yeah. and you won with it too. Yeah. So um, I'll go first this time. All right, all right, sounds good. Since then, uh, my article was from uh, SmithsonianMag dot com, um, and it was by Elizabeth Gamillo. Or Gam- yeah, I'm going to go with Gamillo. And uh, I would agree. It, with it was that. titled "American Bumblebees Have Nearly Vanished from Eight States." Oh, and uh, or I should, I'll rephrase it: "American Bumblebee Has Nearly Vanished from Eight States." Um, and a couple snippets from that article: uh, the American bumblebee, Bombus pennsylvanicus, which to me sounds like a like some kind of ancient like Roman or, or Greek leader, <laughs> like in between like Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus, there was Bumbus Pennsylvanicus. <laughs> I guess it is Latin, right? Yeah, it's, that, yeah, yeah. It's, it does kind of sound like that. Yeah, but, um, so uh, one's abundant and found lazily floating around in grasslands, open prairies, and some urban areas throughout the United States now face a rapidly declining population. According to a proposed rule released in the U.S. Uh, by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the species population has dropped nearly 90% and could qualify for protection under the Endangered Species Act. Um, the Independence Graham Massey reports, dwindling, uh, despite dwindling population numbers, the American bumblebee is not protected in any state by or by federal law. Uh, American bumblebees are a vital pollinator for wildflowers and crops, and their decline could have severe consequences for the environment. The species has completely vanished from eight states, including Maine, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Vermont, Idaho, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Oregon. Very interesting to me that it's been basically the Pacific Northwest and the Northeast. Like the far Northeast is where it yeah. has 
especially when I think about Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, not incredibly developed or, or populated areas either. Yeah, and I, you know, my guess on those is that there's probably. I'm not saying that they're not affected by invasives, but not the same way we are in mm-hmm. New Jersey and New York, I would imagine. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. So um, Ben Turner uh, reported that from Live Science. The bumblebee species has declined by 99% in New York. Uh, and in the Midwest and Southeast, populations have dropped, dropped more than 50%. Depending on the results of a forthcoming year-long review, the American bumblebee could legally be protected under the Endangered Species Act which would provide rules and framework for saving the species from extinction. Uh, currently, only two bumblebee species, the Rusty Patch bumblebee, which I was familiar with, and then the Franklin's bumblebee, which I was not familiar with, have received ESA protection right now. Uh, researchers can trace the bee's plummeting population numbers back to multiple threats, including pesticides, habitat loss, climate change, diseases, and competition from non-native honeybee species. Um, important to remember, it's you can't just point the, f- the finger at one thing and say, oh, it's those farmers that are spraying neonics, or it's this going on, or... It's honeybees, or it's, it's really a combination of things. I'm reminded of a study out of uh, out of Europe a couple of years ago. It was on honeybees, um, and it was talking about their how they were affected by neonicotinoids, and they found that basically the only places where they were having colony collapse disorder in these honeybee hives was areas where the primary diet of these bees was neonicotinoid treated canola and they also had varroa mite present if you didn't have varroa mite present and they didn't primarily forage off of neonicotinoid like so they basically what they're saying is you yeah if they're in a place that has a lot of wildflower habitat yeah so and they're only getting 20 percent of their diet from neonicotinoid treated uh airs the bees didn't really die now, there are other issues that probably arose, yeah. but they, they were just looking at mortality in that study. But um, you needed a combination of these factors to really hurt these populations, especially very quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's habitat loss isn't just farm fields. It's also developments and, and vacation houses and yeah. warehouses and all that what, stuff, what, too, that we like. So what What strikes me about the areas that they no longer exist is that they're all northern most states, yeah. or most of yeah. them are. You look at Oregon, you look at Maine and Vermont. It's a lot of those those northern states, and I'm, like to me, the first thing I think, without knowing the science, is climate change. Mm-hmm. Is that the, those areas are now getting way yeah. too cold for those bees? Um, you know, but I don't know what their northernmost habitat is. That if, yeah. if they go through Canada, or if that's kind of maybe more of their uppermost limit. You yeah, know? it was saying in this article that their their primary um, their where their heaviest or the largest populations of them are now are in the southeast and Midwest. But uh, I'm just reading this something I actually missed before that said states with the most significant dip in the bee numbers have the largest increase in the use of pesticides like neonicotinoids, insecticides, and fungicides. Oh. So not just pesticides for insects, but some of these other things as well. I, but you, I mean, you you vacation in Maine. Do you do you see that as you drive through Maine? Not no. Like an increase could be they weren't using a whole yeah. lot and now they're using some. And it's you know it's also important to remember that correlation doesn't always mean causation. Yeah. So the, these that could be the case, but it's it might not as at the same time. Yeah. So it's very interesting though that because those are not places I would think that those are still yeah relatively even, rural. You think about the me. the western states, Washington, Oregon, yeah, Idaho, I mean, North Dakota, still 
outside of Washington and Oregon, especially the coastline, once you get inland, also incredibly rural. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are – like you, you think in the Midwest states and yes, I'm sure there are agricultural crops. But I don't think that's changed. Yeah. I don't think that that's – you know, I can't imagine that there's an overabundance of more and they're spraying more. Yeah. You know – I'm just speculation. That's speculation yeah. for me. I don't have any facts on that. Just saying from what from the naked eye, it looks like yeah, to me it was that a really interesting to to see where the decline was. But another really important piece out of this um, out of this uh, article was if the, this American bumblebee is placed under federal protection, farmers or developers who harm the insects could face up to thirteen thousand dollars in fines each time one is killed. Wow, so that's a, a huge fine, and that's uh, enough of a reason for a lot of people to not want to kill bumblebees. You know, here's the thing: they're they're saying they don't exist, which means they're not finding them. I, I do you ever hear about like patches of dead bees that people are coming across? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I think a lot of it is when when they disappear in a way. You're talking about something that's smaller than a quarter. In a lot of cases, so it's it's really and to the untrained eye now, and you have a limited amount of people who are experts in identifying them. So even to to see one at ten yards, a lot of people are going to be say, "Oh, that's an American bumblebee." They you really need to get close to be able to identify these things on a, a scientific level, where it's you can really boil down and say this is. This kind of to be, but now it's saying that it's dropped by ninety percent. Are they saying over how long the population, over what time frame it's uh, dropped by ninety percent? It might have been in the article, but I didn't okay. cut that snip right. it out, and I don't remember. Yeah, if it's dropped ninety percent, I want to know if that's gradually it's dropped ninety percent over fifty years, yeah. or yeah. or one of the things we've talked about before is people really haven't been studying these things that long. So yeah. I, I'd imagine it's a fairly short time frame. Yeah, because um, there is like. If they've only been studying it for 10 years or 15 years, had that population already dropped X amount from 20 years previous yep. to that? I don't we, – we'll never know that. That's that's hard, yeah. part of the problem. But very interesting. Yeah, look at look at all the, the questions I have just because, yeah, it's, yeah, it makes you – And to me, the one thing that we can do is create more habitat. Yeah. If we have more habitat, there's more places for – not just the American bumblebee or rusty patch bumblebee or, or any of these other more endangered, um, not just bees, but insects to go. There's more thing, places for birds. There's more places for, for rabbits and quail and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Creating habitat, especially if you can string a couple properties together or you have a, a, a big property that you can include, it goes a long, long way mm-hmm. into protecting and help, helping bring back a lot of these species. Man, I want to know more. Like, I yeah, want to know: oh, yeah. Are they being outcompeted, or is it is it a loss of habitat? Is it you know how many factors are part? I'm sure it's all these factors, but I I want it. Like, is there an increased number of of honeybees in that area? Yeah. Is there an increased number of something else in that area? Like, I would mm-hmm. love to know, but I guess I guess we don't know. The other thing I'm wondering too is if those areas are actively being logged mm-hmm. um, more than than normal. Yeah, or or even developed. Yeah, more like than faster normal, too, which just is because they are. Since they are, I know there's a huge rush of people going to like Idaho and Wyoming, and with COVID, and, you know, uh, people leaving cities and and moving. Because yes, yeah, if you can work online you, or from home, you don't need to live in New York City. You don't have to live in Philadelphia or Seattle, or you can 
live someplace a little bit further away and uh, and skip the commute in a way. Yeah. So that's a great article. Yeah, so I'm voting for you this week. That's yeah. A there's great a, a lot of. It was really interesting. Is, yeah, is awesome. What it came down to to me. Awesome. So I picked something this week that I thought would resonate with our listeners, and it's actually on a similar topic. One of our listeners posted. Um, something in the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group about a uh, homeowners association in Maryland. So I had actually picked this article prior to seeing that. Uh, but the name of the article is How to Go Wild Without Getting Sued, and it's an opinion piece by Erica Graves in the Madison Park Times. And again, I'm just going to read a few excerpts. I, I probably put way too much of the article in <laughs> in our notes, but I'll, I'll read some. Um Dennis Moriarty, an 80-year-old veteran in Kansas City, was sick of mowing a 60-degree sloping front lawn. Traditional lawns require massive quantities of water, fertilizer, weed killers, which poison the groundwater, and gas for power motors, which pollutes the air. Moriarty came up with a solution that would be easier on him and the environment while inviting and feeding a course of birds, butterflies, bees, and beneficial pollinators. According to NPR station KCUR, at the start of the pandemic in April 2020, Moriarty covered his 1,500-square-foot terrace lawn with plastic to solarize and kill the grass and planted wallflower seed, including 10 species of native plants. Um, let's see. Oh, that's just a link to it. Moriarty uh, received a warning that he was violating city code banning the overgrowth of rank weeds and noxious plants. Moriarty was told if he didn't cut them down, he would face a court date and up to a $500 fine. The code, written in a way that really makes no sense to anyone who has grown plants, cites that unattended vegetation may grow higher than 10 inches. Trees seem to be exempt from weed status, uh, which will shock which will shock anyone who's met an Alanthus growing from their concrete. Basically, anything attended is all right, but whose definition of tending are we using? Marie Antoinette's, Mother Nature's, or somewhere in between. If anyone did this, you know how many bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds are attracted to this, Moriarty stated. The city code isn't realistic in the first place. And a lot of, you know, and a lot of times you find that these codes I, I just read somewhere in, in our township talk where I live complaining that they were doing something and they got a, a summons uh, mm-hmm. and a fine from the, the township saying that their their lawn wasn't mowed and they were trying to work more into a meadow. So um, uh, thousands retreated Moriarty's Twitter post spurring a supportive editorial in the Kansas City Star and a phone call from the mayor. While the issue is not yet resolved, it seems like it was – Mainly an issue of tidiness. The Department of uh, Neighborhoods has an unwritten policy of looking the other way on native plants if it doesn't appear too overgrown. Um, the Kansas City Code expected a weed is gen- uh, accepted. A weed is generally defined as an unwanted plant, leaving it largely a matter of perspective. For instance, the leaves of dandelions, the sworn scourge of lawn growers, are nutritional powerhouses in a salad, and the flower brew of a sweet wine. Home gardeners like Moriarty have the right and uh, right idea of supporting pollinators and the environment through more sustainable planting, but the practice has yet to be fully mainstream, causing the occasional uh, Mrs. Kravitz, uh, remember Bree Witch, to drop a dime on their neighbor for a weedy yard. And it, it goes on to list what other states uses statutes um, and keeping things tidy. And that's something um, Tom and I actually did a talk last night, and we were saying just if you're planting native plants and, and trying to have your neighbors accept it if it's something they're not accustomed to. Sometimes a border um, may help just make it a little more tidy and and more formal looking as to what they're accustomed to. And sometimes you have to keep it neat um, just to to make it mm-hmm. 
more accepted. So, you know, even though people are really moving in the right direction, we're we're actually moving faster than than state or or local statutes that that to know how to accept this. And yep. and it's it's very radical to to some of our our neighbors. Mm-hmm. So, um Yeah, it's uh it's something we've talked about before is you're for some of the stuff you got to challenge the social norm and point out there's really no reason for the social norm that we have. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, there might be an ordinance, but well, why is the ordinance there? Oh, it's because we want it, we need to do this. Well, what's the actual benefit of that? If you if you keep asking why, especially when it's why do we have lawns, there really isn't a reason, uh, at least a, a pertinent reason to why we have lawns today. Now there are places like okay, we want to play soccer. Yeah, you need to have nicely mowed grass yeah. if you want to do that activity. Most people aren't playing soccer in their their front yards. It's it's wasted no. space. They they don't want to go on the lawn because they don't want to ruin up ruin the the lines they have in it and, and all that. You so. know, I I can I can stand on my front yard and quickly assess if I were to turn my yard into a meadow. I can look up and down the street and I can <laughs> tell exactly who are the people that would complain. You know, and it's because you see it's their Sunday morning routine. You know, mm-hmm. and they spend all day in their yard, and that's. That is their link to nature. They're not. They're not going and, and yeah. taking hikes. They're spending the day in the wild. Is is taming their lawn, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I know it would be challenged. And it's but it's a it's a matter of perception, and it takes someone to start, and it takes a lot of people to voice their opinion and hopefully make a change in local statutes that allow some of this. You know, and it may be compromising as well. It, you can't be. We want this because this is right. It may be you can have this, but under these uh, scenarios, mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly. you know. And if if you know, it's it's one of those things where you can have that fight, or you can move somewhere where it's more acceptable, and you can do what you want. Um, but it, it's it's going to take baby steps. But at least it's it's making headlines. Uh, it 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 caused a stir on social media on Twitter, and we're seeing lots of articles about this. And this is somewhere that happened in Kansas City, which I love. I love. I didn't say whether it was Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas, but yeah, they're the same place. <laughs> I'm sure they would disagree with you. But uh, two great articles. Uh, make sure we'll we'll have this posted up where you can vote. We appreciate everyone that's been voting. That was a, a ton of votes this week, so uh, we'll get them up. And it's always a competition. Only one of us can win. This time, Tom won, but I'm I'm banking on your support for the for the next win and. Uh, Begging and pleading once begging, again. <laughs> begging and pleading, but in the end. And of course, the choice is yours. All right, so moving on, uh, we're going to skip Grow, Read a Book. Not skip Grow, to, Grow, Read a Book. Your book didn't come in this week. Yes, right? I didn't get the book I promised I would. So. And we actually have uh, no uh, listener questions. Nothing. From, we haven't heard from Saul in about a month, and uh, no one has called in, so there's nothing there. But we do have listener shout-outs. Listener, listener, shout out. And I, I want to state also that I think I'm on a streak because I have no complaints. That's true. Yeah. Have I just I, been complaining and just not listening think, as a complaint? Yeah, I think that's more, more or less <laughs> that's, what's been going on. All right. I'll accept that. But uh, we didn't have as many uh, five star reviews. So our. Only, only one. Only and one. I might have missed it. To be honest, because it was from uh, one of our friends in the, the Great White North. Yes. It was coming from Canada, and you had – on our interface, you had to actually toggle a different button to find it. So, And Fran found it, and I'm like, ooh. I, we might have- you know what? It popped up, and then it disappeared, yeah. and I couldn't figure out where it went. I thought maybe it 
they re- redacted it. <laughs> Maybe we had done something. They they took it away, but we're able to find it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, the review we got was a glowing review. Yes. And um and it was from, <laughs> I may run. Which I'm a, uh which I'm is <laughs> which is uh I just figured out it was Hunter Jamie spelled backwards. So I'm gonna assume that's uh, their actual uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't even see that. Good call. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But um no, wow. it was it was a really fantastic review and it's nice that we would find out that we're going international with this. Yeah, we uh, you know, I had to after seeing that I took a look. We have now been listened to in seventy five seventy five countries. Wow. 75 countries. So, and, and it was nice to say that, hey, even though we're in different areas, I find a lot of it relevant. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really appreciate the kind words. Um, and it was it was just like um, I, I actually have uh, our pastor at our local church is from Canada uh, originally. And now he's lived down here. But he has a lot of connections up there, and he actually knew this person. Oh, really? And uh, just, you know, that um, I don't remember who it was that made the, the great grilled cheese. Yes. Well, he said she or, or he or she, I don't remember with Hunter uh, that they they make a great uh, bowl of poutine. So real, oh wow! I I hope they share that with us. I would like to know. Yeah, I don't know how well that ships. That's uh, yeah, that that's might true. Be something we need to go <laughs> so mine was actually uh, from someone that sent an email to both Tom and I, uh, Stephen Jackson, and and just wanted to share some nice words. Reached out, had a couple questions for us that that we were happy to answer, but also. I don't want to – they're working on a project that we're excited about that is going to bring together um, – I, I think more greatly bring together information and community as far as ecology and native plants. And we're really excited for what they're working towards, and we're excited mm-hmm. to uh, to see it when it's done. But uh, thank you, Stephen, for reaching out, and we're, we're happy that you took the time to, to chat with us uh, back and forth a few oh, times. Yeah. But that was uh, – some great, you know. I I appreciate all of our listeners, and I'm sure eventually we're going to get to all <laughs> all of you. So don't think we're overlooking you. But uh, we have so many new members in the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, uh, and a lot of sharing going on, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of great pictures of what's happening in everyone's property. So keep it up, and you may just get picked yeah. next week. So do you want to? You want to get to the topic? I guess we have to. Yeah, we have to so. come up with a good transition. Maybe we can. Uh, you mentioned like Wayne's World. Yeah, do the Wayne's World. We can do something similar. How about we try this? So we brought our, our coworker in, and we're going to, to start this segment, which we're really excited about. This came together really quickly because it was kind of just mentioned just a couple days ago. Monday. Monday. And, and well, to you, Noel. Well, I didn't oh. want to say her name. I wanted her to introduce herself, but she she brought it up to me on Friday. But I didn't get to talk oh, to you yeah, about it until Monday. Here. So so kind of came together really really quickly. So um, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, who you are, and what you do, and then tell us what we're going to do? Yeah, because it's a little bit of a surprise to us. We kind of know, but we don't really. It know. is a surprise, a native seed surprise. Hi everyone, my name is Noelle Walters, and I am the seed sales gal inventory and I do a little bit of harvesting myself and I work a lot with the seed group that handles all of our native seed for sale and today we're playing a fun little game called smell the seed (laughs) the native seed to be specific and Fran and Tom are going to have a lovely time smelling 10 varieties of native species and they have to guess what the species is 
And the winner takes all the Jolly Rancher candy I have. <laughs> yes. Now Tom <laughs> and I are Tom and I are both Noel Noel always has a jar of candy on her desk and Tom and I are, I think fight to see who can eat more of it. Yeah, oh, definitely. We're the biggest culprits. We're, we're disappearing. Both candyaholics. But, and I will say this, that Noel doesn't help the fact because it's a never-ending cup of candy. Yeah. It never. It doesn't matter how many pieces I eat in a day. We never make a dent <laughs> because yeah. we must walk away and she'll put more more in. I'm so much of a candyaholic. When I, when I worked at Princeton, when I first started working there, I had a Princeton nursery um, glass on my – my desk, and one day someone filled it with M and M's, and I never questioned where those M and M's came from, but I ate them. And no matter how much I ate them, they never disappeared. They just kept <laughs> filling. It was the never-ending glass of M and M's. And then I would get up at the end of the day and put my coat on, and there'd be my pockets would be filled with M and M's. And I gained, <laughs> I gained seventy-five pounds in like the first year I worked there. Seriously, like I like ballooned, and then I took it all off. But they laughed. They're like, "You never asked." Like who was giving you the candy? I'm yeah. like, I didn't want it to end. I was afraid if I questioned it, it would just – it would stop. So um, you're, you're definitely barking up the right tree with offering candy as a reward because we're both we're mm -hmm. both on online with that. Yeah. So, and, and for everyone who doesn't know, a lot of – we work with – I don't even know how many – a couple hundred different species of plants and then uh, nearly 100 species of seed and – some of them smell pretty benign, but some of them are very pungent and very distinctive. Yes. So I'm hoping you chose some of them because I might have the advantage there because I've walked in the seed cooler a few more times than Fran has. Here's the thing. I I haven't really worked with seed at all. You have. Noel does every day. I haven't. <clears throat> so I'm going in blind, and I I don't think I'll get any of these right, to be honest. Not that I'm I'm conceding. I'm just saying I don't have a lot of faith in in my choices, but this is either going to be great podcasting or horrible podcasting because <laughs> you can't see our reactions. Well, you can if you go to YouTube and you you can watch the, mm -hmm. the video. We we recommend you listening to it first and then heading over to YouTube for a second view and and you can take in all of our reactions for it. But uh, how do you want to start? What do you where do you want to go with this? So I'll start with the first species. We right. shall see how good you guys are. All right. At smelling. So for those that aren't watching yeah. via YouTube, uh, where Noel has them in a bag that we can't see the seeds. So when you smell, try not to cheat yeah. and and look into the bag because you All you'll right. have an advantage because I don't know. I know what a lot of this stuff looks starts like. Starts to look like. So Tom is smelling the first one right now. That is a very delicious smelling species. Really? Let me really. All right, so you know, I, I'm assuming that we're gonna have things that range from delicious to downright nasty. Yeah. So, so all right. Tell me, me what you smell, Tom. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna let Fran smell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> delicious. Mm. <laughs> That's your oh. As my dad liked to say, it's, it smells like money. <laughs> all right, I'll I, th give, I, th I can give a few hints. Or should we fast. write it down and hold it up I'm so we let, don't? Um, well, we should write it down just so okay. so you can't just say if if you agree go oh yeah I agree with that person all right this is a deep water hardy perennial all right Tom and I we should have like music when we're we're writing here I don't <laughs> all right uh yeah, we're, solitary we need yellow white, flowers whiteboards for this all right all right uh, do, we you, don't have them. do you do you do you want to 
I think we got to hold them up at the same time. I want to change. Noel just gave a hint. Now I want to no, change too late. what. Too uh, late. No. You already wrote it down. I'm changing it. Wait, no one gave their answer yet. No one gave their answer yet. I have to. I'm I'm writing a new one. What sense do you smell when you smell that bag? Well, I, I'll tell you what my first guess was, and based on your. Because, you know, no. To me, it smells like uh, rotting tad- tadpoles. Yes. <laughs> oh, very good. specific. I, you know, my my first guess was Spartina Alterna Floor because that's because I, I threw you for you a loop. You threw me for yeah. a loop. But then when Noel said single or solitary yellow flowers and it's a deep water plant, I'm changing my guess to Spatterdock, which is New Far Lutea. And that's also what I had. What? Right. Now, for the sake of full disclosure. Yeah. No, the answer's on a clipboard, and <laughs> did you see all the answers? No, just the first one. Okay, all right, all right. Don't put I your clipboard it. down. Don't put your clipboard Dang. down. All right, so we we do have coffee beans to cleanse our, cleanse our palate in between. Man, I had no idea that Newfar was as pungent oh, as yeah. that, yeah. and it would make sense being a deep water plant, being submerged in water, that it would have a a, mm-hmm. a scent like that to me. Um, when it, yeah, when it gets aerobic, because um, I guess the seed's probably anaerobic for a lot of the time. Yeah. It's in the place where there isn't accessible oxygen. But yeah, I yeah. that's I really need to cleanse it. I was say you had me thrown <laughs> for a loop because I was yeah. expecting something sweet. I was like, oh, that's, that's not cool, sweet. It's a pretty cool native plant. <laughs> oh yeah, no, so, it's a, it's an amazing. So native plant. for our listeners that don't know Spatterdock, it 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 can be aggressive. It it can grow into up to three feet of permanent inundation and tidal zone. So it's a lot of the time where we're at near the Delaware River, you kind of see it in that tidal area. It can grow up to six to seven feet tall. And there's new far lutea, there's new far advena. So then that depends whether the leaves are standing upright out of the water or laying flat like a lily pad. Mm-hmm. But that single uh, solitary yellow flower is a giveaway when you see it. If you're confused, if it's lotus or uh, um, fragrant white water lily that yellow flower kind of gives it away for you to help you id it but um it's and it can be aggressive it it can definitely you don't have to plant a lot of it to uh to get it to take all right sorry okay so next one let me know if you want hints i have lots of fun facts about each all right let us do you want to do you want to agree to to only ask for hints if we have no clue yes all right like let me see if i can get it first Based on the smell of the last one, I was going to go with Spartina, but your hint if, – if it wasn't for your hint, I would have guessed wrong. And I have this a feeling. very mild. Get in there. Yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> like you really need to, Do you really? to, okay. to get in there to get All a right, whiff. All right, here we go. Let's see here. Fran is, is really getting in that you bag. you smelling anything? <laughs> I, I feel like there's I have really, my feed bag on. There's not a lot of, of fragrance to that one. No. Uh, it's... I smell right. tea. Really? All right. Let me... I smell Wait, nothing. can I ask, is this going to be a mixture of both herbaceous and woody plant material? Yes. All right. Oh. Okay. That made things a heck of a lot trickier. It, yes, it really does. I, I'm... I'm I, I don't know, so I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. Um, I have an I have a hunch, but I don't know. We're going to see how how wrong. So, do you want to go with a hint? Or no, yes. after, so we wrote down our answers. Then we'll go with hints to Let's see if we can get some get hints. It. And then okay. if we still if we get them wrong, I say then we do it off appearance. 
Okay. okay. All right. So We're changing the rules as we go. <laughs> so don't tell us the answer yet. So do you want to say what our answers are first, or do you want? Yes. The... Let's do the answers first. Then we'll get the hints. All right. Okay. I went first last time. What do you have? I had Eupatorium purpureum. Wrong. Oh, all right. I have uh, Juncus effusus. Soft. Wrong again. Oh, sorry, fellas. Are, are either of us close? Not really. Okay. But let me give you some hints, and maybe that would help a little bit. Okay. All right. So, each flower bloom lasts about one day. New flowers open each day. Peak blooming season, a large plant can produce 20 or more flowers per day. Bloom period is July through September-ish. It is a shrubby, woody-based perennial herb with large, attractive, white or pink, five-petal flowers. All right. Got it. All right. I know what it is. Tom, do you know what it is? Oh. Noel is now yes, disappeared. All right. All right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Tom wasn't in front of his microphone. We're having some technical difficulties. Noel was still showing on the screen uh, until whatever happened. I don't see her now. Everyone can still hear you, though, because you're through our soundboard, so you don't have to worry about that. But as Tom as Tom works on the technical difficulties, um, my guess is – oh, wait. I can I, – I, I might not be able to do that, Come actually. On, hold, on. All right, hold on. <laughs> Boy, you can see we're well prepared. Swamp hibiscus. Woo! Yes, so I think the 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 solitary like either white or pink flowers and the height of it, um, and just look at I did kind of peek in. I don't know my seed at all, so even looking at it, it didn't give it away for me. But right. the, how small the seed was. How many? Do you know you off the top think. of your head how many seed per pound on that one? I do not. All right. Do you know Tom? But they're very tiny. And they're a little heavy. No, I also don't know how many seeds per But that was also my guess. Was okay. Once we Swamp got the, the hints, it was. Well, it was, you said uh, one flower a day. Yeah. You know. I, I think they smell like tea, the, the seed itself. I it don't know what I smell. I Listen, I have to preface this. I'm at a disadvantage with having broken my nose seven <laughs> times. My sense of smell is horrible. But I'm doing I'm doing my – I don't want any sympathy. Or I'm, I'm going to – I'm not – I'm just saying it's a slight disadvantage. All right. All right, next. You, number three. Number right. three. Here we go. All right, Tom is smelling now. He's got, wow. He's, That's getting your definitely face in there. more, um, there's more of a smell to that one, but it still uh, kind of smells like um, like a wet cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not, like, wet dog smells bad. This smells, yeah. It doesn't smell like wet cat. Yeah. Do you smell any food? Maybe like you old know, French actually, fries. Let me. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> cleanse my palate. Yeah. But the other one was mild. All right. Let me. Let me try again. Oh gosh. Hmm. Do you need some hints? You want to guess? No. First? Wait. No. I'm gonna. All right. That was a big whiff at that, the end. Oh, that might have been oh. All right. Um. I'm gonna again. I'm just going to take a a wild stab at this. You know, I'm going here. Here's my line of of reasoning that the first one that was pungent in a bad way was a deep water plant. So I'm going mm-hmm. to go for something more wetland and something that may be in in a similar condition. So I'm going to guess soft stem bulrush. 
Wrong. I, I, I guessed, uh, I went with our first weed plant, Thank and you. I guessed uh, Spirea latifolia. Oh, darn. Also wrong. Yeah. All right. Let now, me... we're, wait, before you give us any clues, we're either of, because someone did woody and someone did herbaceous, or either of us on the right track. Mm. No. <laughs> no, the no, the answer is no. No. No, not really. Okay. All right. It's a native species. All right. A cool season, low growing plant. Has grass-like leaves from a bulb below the ground. Although most of its growth takes place in cool weather, the umbrella cluster of small pink flowers rise up and tower over the leaves like a chandelier during the summer months. Hmm. Does that help at all? Is it? It helped me. Allium cernuum? Yep. Yes. All right, which is ding, not ding, a, ding, nodding ding, ding. onion. So that was a great description, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. So um, would you have guessed that that's what that that no. seed would, well, would smell you know, like? You know, I said old French fries, but now like, <laughs> it's kicking into my mind. I, it could have been like mildly like uh, allium smell, smelling. I do. It was, when I'm in the sea cooler every day, I smell straight onion when I pull that oh. back. See, I didn't get an onion scent yeah. from that. No. I really didn't. And that's what kind of threw me off. Like, even before mm-hmm. I said nodding onion, I'm like, I didn't get that type of smell. But, but all right. So we, we're both one for three right now. And, and three. <laughs> then mine was completely because I yeah. saw Well, I, to be honest, I would have guessed along that line. Anyway, well, fortunately, but, like, you know, Noel threw yeah. us threw us a bone on the first one because yeah. if it wasn't for your clue i would have gotten it wrong so all right so we're three deep all let's right. let's go for number four here we go now this coffee bean smells like slightly salty to me i don't really? know if you're getting that at all <laughs> it's an arabica yeah uh yeah i kind of see that you want to smell mm-hmm. mm. Ooh. yeah I'm gonna have no clue. Oh boy! Uh, yeah. I would describe that one as um, fresh rabbit poop. <laughs> Yum! <laughs> I don't know that if I know what that smells like. That's very descriptive. I though. don't either. I'm just imagining that's. Oh, it's slightly grassy, but definitely very poopy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of earthy, poop to that. all right, hoppy. So. Okay. All right. Let me see. I got to come up with something for a guess for this. Uh, okay. Do you? So, do you have no idea? Or are you just throwing something down? Uh, I'm gonna. I would say Pontideria cordata. That's gonna be. I your don't guess? think that's it, though. Right. I think that's a little bit like it would smell a little more wet. All right. I'm going to say Glyceria striata. Wrong. All right. Both of us wrong. Yes. All right. Is it a before you go any further, is it a woody or an herbaceous? It's an aquatic perennial. All right. All right. So, so if yeah. we could, because it was pungent, like mm-hmm. I, I thought, because it was more earthy, like I kind of steered a wet, like I went with a back wet, but mm-hmm. I don't know. All if right. If you could feel it, you might have had some help there. Oh. The flowers give way to green mature, oh, give way to green maturing brown fruits, which are mainly dispersed by water. The fruit is a brown berry containing some seeds within a clear jelly-like pulp. Oh. Yeah, any more Ooh. hints for us? Yes. <laughs> uh, Fleshy herb of tidal marshes in shallow water with large arrowhead-shaped leaves 
and inconspicuous <laughs> flowers. Blooms from April to June. Uh, arrow, yeah, arrow. I would say arrow, Pal- arrow. Paltandra virginica. Yeah. All it's right. Just because of the when you said the arrow. But when you said it. that, I almost thought duck potato at first. But I'm like, that's not an insignificant bloom. Like mm-hmm. Paltandra, I thought of as an insignificant bloom. Mm-hmm. So we're eventually getting Good this, job. but it's, it's Noel's yeah. Noel's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, clues. At least we at least we know how to plant ID. Oh, oh we, yeah, we off, don't, of, uh, off of uh, yeah. off of the clues. No, we're not. All right, yeah. All right, so we're one for four. Actually, we're zero for four. <laughs> I, so I keep going back with coffee. It smells like really salty. It almost has like a, a urine quality. <laughs> but I'm like a, I, I despise coffee. Tom's I not a coffee like smell, but I yeah, don't drink Tom's it. Tom's not a coffee drinker. I am a coffee addict. I consume. You know, honestly, I'm probably about forty to sixty ounces of coffee a day. Ooh, wow! Wow! Yeah, I'm a that's not cover. good. I guess that's not really good. You can tell from my teeth, probably. I need to start using a straw. It's my teeth yeah, were white at one point. It's somewhere to me. It's somewhere between like, like dehydrated urine and <laughs> and, movie, and, and movie theater popcorn. We, we we have to come up with a new segment where you just describe scents, plant yeah. scents. All right, all right. So we're up number five. We're, we're about halfway halfway done. This is a fun yeah. one. Friend, how do you think this one's going? Very so famous. <laughs> you were, we're not a, well, you and I aren't doing, if we were guessing, it'd probably be. I'm going to stir this up. I, I need to make right. it a little bit fresher. All right. Stuck to my fingers. I realized even seeing the seed wouldn't help me. The stirring, it, the stirring it made it less fragrant. All oh, right. my gosh. All right. Oh, I smell that one so bad. All right. This is, this is a heavier bag. Yeah. You know, one thing that I will say this reminds me of when when we go to trade shows, mm-hmm. um, we take seed packets sometimes to give away to our, our clients or customers or prospective customers, and we always put all the seed in a bag. Yeah. Yep. This this seed smells like that bag. It does smell like, like when that you bag. have that bag in your mm-hmm. car, you smell that and you're like, What is that? This species takes over. It smells. All right, I'm going to give it back. Uh, Let me smell it one more time. It's, it's, I want it to be something else. Like It's yeah. very faint, but I when I yeah. know that species is like overwhelming me, but I can't smell it. All right, I have a guess. Would I really stick? Okay, I got it that time. Yeah, right. I, I have a guess. You want you want me to say this time? Uh, Sure. Echinacea purpurea. I was going to go with... The the last whiff I want to say, Pensamin hirsutus. Okay. Ooh, Fran was wrong. Tom was close. And then oh, it's Pensamin digitalis. The, the, wow. I was like, it's, ding, it's ding, less. Ding, ding, ding. It's <laughs> Pensamin overall has like a really pungent flavor. Like when we had it drying in the greenhouse by the office, I could smell it almost inside the office, and just smells like wet dog. And I'm just and it to... was just really subtle. I'm like, oh, if it was Pensamin digitalis, it would be blowing my brains out right Pensamin now. Pensamin digitalis smell. is foxglove beard Fox tongue. Yes. So. Um, more basal foliage with the the stalk and mm-hmm. uh, small white flowers. So like yeah. the the bees like to crawl in. That's where you always see the bee butts and the penstemon yep. digitalis. Tom was close, yes. but still close doesn't count. <laughs> so we're still we're still both one for one for uh, five. All right. I should have went with with. I, I knew that one was going to pop up at some point. It's you so know what? But I, fragrant. It just—I was like, that doesn't really smell like it to me. But you were so close, yeah. so close. I, you know, 
and that's not one we take to trade shows. Like I was saying, when you said her suit, I was like, oh, you should have went digitalis. <laughs> oh wait, I that smells really clean. And, yeah, that smells like really clean. I wonder how our listeners are I'm, taking it us right I now. Have no as idea. We're trying to be as descriptive <laughs> I'm, as possible. I'm going to assume not well. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's um. Man, that's another one that's throwing me for a loop because it's not as strong as, like, okay. I'm getting a hint of something, but it's not as strong right. as I would expect. All right. I have a guess. Do you want to go? Uh, let me smell one more time. Get a deep whiff. I smell pepper flakes or celery when I... That's a good... For this mm. one, I, I would say... I don't mm. think this is right. I'm going to say Echinacea purpurea. I am. No. I'm writing my answer. I'm saying Clethra ulnifolia. Wrong, fellas. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong. All right, all right. Give us some clues. I actually right. crossed out my first guess and wrote something different. So if I got it right and crossed it out, I'm going to be upset. All right. Hints. This is a member of the carrot family. In the right conditions, this perennial can grow very tall. I think oh. we only grow one thing in the carrot family. So yeah, I. I don't. Be know careful! It, it might be a trick. Uh. All right. Uh, it normally gets to be around four feet tall, blooms from July to September. Coarse flowers and leaves make it largely ignored by deer and rabbits. Prefers to grow in medium wet to medium dry soils, like sites with full sun. Uh, small native bees, moths, and flies will nectar on this plant. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the host plants of the black swallowtail. Last hint would give it away, so I'll wait. All right. Do you know what it is? I, I know don't. what it is. All right, go ahead. I, w- I was going to say it's Zizia aurea. Wrong. Really? Ooh, that right, was wait. the trick. All right. Oh. All right. Hold on. All right. Uh, wait, get, let, me, let me take a guess first. So um, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think real quick. Uh, tch, tch. Man, I don't know that I have. What four else foot is a... coarse, Four foot coarse flowers and coarse leaves. Um, man, I don't know. And you said fern-like foliage? Was it? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't, it was I don't one of the first. I don't, I, I don't think I have a... Maybe I'm thinking Coarse carrot. flowers and Cor- leaves. Okay. Uh, the Latin name was chosen because the leaves look like a yucca plant. Oh, uh, oryngium, <laughs> yucca folium. I didn't know that was a it host is? plant for the black swallowtail. Yeah. I didn't know it was part of the carrot family. That's so, what, yeah. I didn't I know didn't that either. either. So mm-hmm. oryngium, yucca folium is, I'm, tr- I'm drawing a blank it's on the It's a rattlesnake master. Okay, rattlesnake master. Uh, so. Really unique plant, extirpated in the state of New Jersey, but is uh, it looks very southwestern. Yes. But it is native. Um, in fact, I saw, I think it was on either Southeastern Grasslands Initiative, Facebook, or Kyle Liebarger. Liebarger. His... Um, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, uh, or TikTok had like a whole field of it, where wow. like a native stand, and it was really incredible because I've never seen it in the wild before. I've wow. only seen it in cultivated gardens or where we grow it. So it's a very Not, unique flower. It is highly wow. suggest you grow it in your yards. So, and it is a great plant, and this is a great thing for everyone. You know, we talk about becoming one with nature and getting to know nature, like. How often do you smell the seed or like a lot of a lot of our listeners because they're having trouble getting native plants or starting from seed? Um, 
So some of you have experience with it, but get to know it. Get to know what the seed smells like. Get to know a little bit. You know, it's part of the story. It's part of the process of of becoming familiar with it, and, yeah. and it's all aspects. And it just shows how unfamiliar because it's it's an aspect of my job that I don't have, and this is all new to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for my one out of six score. Yeah, that's <laughs> and and the one is generous because we the got one it is on generous. The it was, and, yeah. and I got it because I. Accidentally yeah. cheated. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. There's some what? seed species that are beautiful. They look pebbly, oh, yeah. and they could be jewelry esque almost. Ooh. All right, I all am right. ready for the next ready, one. Ready, Freddie. Here we go. I think I have some penstemon stuck in the back of my nose now. <laughs> it's like clouding my. <laughs> it's distinct. That one was very distinct. Um, yeah, that's a, and it's the trickiest part of that one for me is picking which species in that genus. Uh, All right, probably no. All right. Um, all right, I'm I'm writing down. I stopped writing them all for him. All right, all right. What do you got? I, I, I'm going to pick Menarda fistulosa. I'm, I'm going to say Menarda didyma. Fran is the winner. Oh Woo! man! I knew, it was, I knew it was one of them. I just didn't know which one. You know, to me, to me personally. Minarda Didyma has a fragrance. All Minarda have a little bit of a fragrance, but Didyma, I, I've said it before, smells like Fruit Loops to me. Mm-hmm. So just that, really? like, I, yeah. I didn't get that at all. Oh, I just yeah. got like really clean, herbaceous, minty. I didn't get yes. that, but I just got like the aroma of it. Just made it like I wasn't sure when you said Fistulosa. I'm like, no, it's got to be Didyma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Tom, if yeah. I win, I'll share my jelly. Okay, with that's, you. I was. <laughs> To be honest, you know how like you win the fifty fifty at a charity thing, you give it back, back. to the. I was just gonna give it back to the candy Did bowl. They? Uh, oh, yeah. I guess I guess yeah. I could do that. Too. <laughs> Maybe I can pick out some of my favorite. We're the only ones who go in there anyway. Yeah, it's, so. it's, we're gonna eat it anyway. All right, this is the eighth one. Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, this is number eight. And I have to come from behind with two left. All right, here we go. Tom is right. smelling Let's first. Let's see here. Let's see. I'm, I have to to uh, cleanse my palate again. I'm trying a different method. Where you? All right. <laughs> you kind of pump the bottom of oh, the bag. You know what? I'll, I'll try uh, that too. Get some of that. Uh, yeah, just try to get some air moving. Okay. I, that's another one. I don't. I don't get much of a smell. No, um, I'm not really. Maybe my nose is broken. Like, <laughs> is this something that's pungent to you, Noel? It is. Like, like it's distinct. Like mm-hmm. you would. Okay. All right. I smell it, and Carla, one of our seed cleaners, smells mm-hmm. it distinctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really have it. Um, I want to smell that one one more time too. Just the. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. All right. Um. <laughs> I have no clue. All right. Um, <laughs> no idea. Hmm. I. I don't. Don't don't say anything yet because uh, I don't yeah. have it. Okay. All right, go ahead. I have a guess. I know I'm off. But. I'm gonna let you guess first because I don't have one yet. Calamagrostis canadensis. No. I know that's not right. No, that's wrong. That <laughs> <laughs> was like no, um, you're not even close. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Monarda fistulosa again. Just think my nose is not picking up as much okay. mint as I need to. All right. Mm. 
Wrong. All right. Wrong, give us some clues. Give us some clues. All right. Perennial wildflower found in dry meadows, fields, thickets, open woods, upland prairies, and along roadsides. Its clumping form is stiff, erect, and compact. Clusters of showy white and lavender flowers bloom from July to October. Grows to be two to four feet tall. Spreads to form small colonies. Grows best in full or partial sun and prefers medium to wet soil. It has a particularly strong something aroma. I don't want to ruin it. All right. Especially when crushed or cut. Bees and butterflies love their flowers and enjoy consuming the foliage. Uh, that did not make it any easier for me. No. I uh, felt like that was okay. half describing it, a bunch of different is it, things. Is it pygnathemum? Mountain mint? Yeah. All right. Really? Wow. Tenufolium. I got from Slender the crushed leaves. From yeah. the, the crushed leaves, I was thinking it's got to be a yeah, minty yeah, I aroma. I really thought that would smell way more minty it, yeah. than, than it did. It was mm. very mild. It was very mild. Um, Maybe yeah. I grabbed a mild bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's been the kind of theme with all of these for me. Is I feel yeah. like they're way less pronounced than I remember them. And it's been throwing me off. All right. We're, we're to number nine. Number nine. Is this lucky number nine? Yeah, for so time? now I need to get both of them right to, you, to, to, tie. to, yeah. to come out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're. All right. This bag is heavier. Oh, okay. Ooh, that smells like tobacco. Really? Well, we don't grow any Nicotiana, <laughs> so. All right, here we go. Tom's taking a nice long swig of this one, actually. All right. Hmm, that's a tricky one. I'm like trying to like feel through the bag. That's uh that immediate hit I got vanished the second mm-hmm. I like it just kept getting less and less and less. Um hmm. All right. That's that's a tough one. Uh, no, I'll be okay. I it's not going to help if I smell <laughs> yeah. it, smell it again. I'm going to guess Indian grass. I'm going to guess Zizia aria. Ding, 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 ding. Fran was correct. Oh, gosh. Well, I, I, I have to admit I cheated. The label was in the bag, and I read it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know I would not have guessed Zizia. So we're both wrong on that one. I think it smells like a carrot top. Did you guys get that smell at all? No. No, I no. didn't. I don't know. It's what I, one of those that you mentioned. I'm like, oh, I guess I just didn't know what a carrot top smelled like really. Yeah. But. You know, it's it's really interesting. Some of them have like the the first one we did, the spatter dock, was very like rotten smell. Yeah. And some of them have like a little bit of a, a rotten smell. And then some are so clean and earthy that it's hard mm-hmm. to really, for me, detect. Yeah. What it, like none I, of these have been the same. No, like, they've all well, been I different. I guess the, what was the? Noel has done an incredible arrow, job of picking. The arrow arrow Thank to you. the... And the spatter dock. They're on one end it was of like, the spectrum. It was, yeah. The spatter dock was the most pungent. The arrow arum was like approaching that, but it was like, I don't know, it didn't seem quite as wetland to me. All right, before we smell the last one, I want to give Tom the opportunity to tie. So before you give us the seed, just tell us whether it's herbaceous or woody. So at least we can narrow our guesses because we're all over I the place. I feel like this is helping you more than it's helping me. That's. All right, then don't. All right, and I leave can't it. tie anyway. All right, okay. You know, <laughs> all right, then don't tell us. Don't tell us. We'll, we'll, this is our last one, so Tom needs to guess this one for the tie, or I can guess this one for the 
the all-out win. We're all rooting for you. All right, on, let's go. <laughs> I can smell it. It wasn't for here. the Menarda Didyma. I, I don't even need to smell it again. <laughs> all right, let's, let's. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going back to my very first guess. So. This is a plant that when I was younger and I used to plant this in the, the spring mm-hmm. and you had those when it was like super ripe and had been sitting for a while, you'd go like places later and see friends and I'm like, what the heck it, are you it's, doing today? So it's, and we're talking, I'm assuming this is Spartina alternative. Yes. Correct. So we, um, I, I love that that your dad's quote was smells like yes. money because yeah. it's, it's very pungent and it's one of those smells that, that stick with you. My Both mm-hmm. of my kids worked here over a couple summers while they're in high school and they would go home and just they couldn't get the smell. They felt like they couldn't get yeah. the smell off of them. They would go home and shower and throw their clothes in the washing machine immediately, but they would never wash it. They would leave it for me to get home. So yeah. <laughs> the whole laundry room smelled like like smooth cord grass seed. Mm-hmm. But Describe the smell to our listeners that don't know what it smells like. It's the one if it, it's the one seed that gives ginkgo biloba a run for its money. So if, if you've never smelled ginkgo biloba seed, there's a reason why there are so many male cultivars because I, I, it smells like rotten it, yeah, it's, urine. I don't even know how to yeah, explain it. There's a, like a urea kind of aroma to it. There is like bad. a saltiness to it, like a yeah. like a mm. yeah, it de- and it smells rotten. That's yeah. the the biggest thing. It smells like, and not like an animal died, but like, no, it's not like 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 a rotting mushroom, <laughs> or so, like something that's gonna rot and give off like it, yeah, it, and like like you're opening the fridge yeah. and you smell something like ah, we got to clean out this fridge. Yeah, like something went bad. Yep. I don't yep. know what it is, but everything's getting thrown yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's that smell. Mm-hmm. Now, when I when I landscaped for a bit back in my, I think I was like twenty one years old. We were working on a property that had mature ginkgos, and the tree guy kept taking the ginkgo fruit and hiding it under the owner's truck seat. Oh gosh! And and letting it right, like he was making sure he got one got fruit that wasn't ripe yet, so you couldn't quite smell it and he would let it ripen under the seat of the truck mm. and it, you, you could never get the smell out yeah like this oh, yeah. gives it a run for the money mm-hmm. like uh but it's you know and and for those that don't know smooth cord grass i hope we we describe these plants enough so that you know what they are and i, I know noel's descriptions really help that smooth cord grass is uh uh native to our our bay it's a it's a tidal bay grass it lives in mm-hmm. the tidal zone so it's wet and dry twice a day um it it ranges. It could take salinity from zero to thirty-five parts per thousand, but typically, where there's no salinity, gets out competed. It's not as aggressive because it can live in the tidal zone and and it can uh, take high salinities. It tends to be a monoculture wherever mm-hmm. you see it in that in that low marsh. Um, but it's native all up and down the East Coast, around to Texas, Texas I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it can be considered very aggressive or invasive on the west coast mm-hmm. so it out competes their native bay grass there which i can't remember what it is so spartina alterniflora now sporobolus alternifloris mm-hmm. how's that all right so who's our winner I oh, lost wow. track. by yeah, my Trim, calculations i won two to i got one, one legitimate one <laughs> <laughs> or three to two i won yeah, yeah. yeah we both got spartina i got minarda didima and we both got Nufar. So, what do these smell like? They, that smells like Jolly Ranchers <laughs> hard candy. Woo! I can't Yay! get over the smell of this coffee and and how people drink this. Stuff. It does. That's... You know what? Until I would have never have called out salty 
until smells, you said it. But yeah, there's a, a salt quality that I keep coming back to. Mm. I wonder if I wonder if you know how like scotch will will take in the atmosphere mm-hmm. like the the barrels breathe. So if it's a Highland scotch, it takes in some of that Highland. Like I wonder if that's the same with coffee. If it's more in a coastal location, if it will take on a little bit like saltier salt air smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The know. coffee I buy doesn't smell like that. What's the coffee? So you buy? don't don't let it deter you from drinking <laughs> in the future. Tom's not gonna, yeah. Tom, no, I didn't start drinking coffee till I was thirty three. I I so there's always I used hope. To drink some coffee. I drink it every once in a while. Um, and uh, it was typically I'd have it after like I it was when I was in college. I'd like party, and then the next morning I'd be like going someplace. Oh, I'm gonna go get like an iced coffee from yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. And I drink it, and then at my destination, I would like just. I had such an upset stomach that I like felt, but it could have been the hangover kicking <laughs> in at the same time that was making me feel that way. Mm-hmm. But um, no, and then after that, it's really every time I drink it, I just don't feel good. It like wow. gives me a really, really interesting. So I'm like, why am I trying to force myself to drink something I don't like? Yeah. For the yeah, sake, of, I, I don't for the sake of acceptance. No, <laughs> and it might be one of those things where you never found yep. a way to like. I just I do black with sugar. Some mm-hmm. people I I yeah. can't stand it with creamer. It yep. doesn't do it for me. It's not the same drink. So everyone yeah. has their own way. Maybe you just didn't find your way. No, I just don't it. think it's something people should drink. Like, it's a drug. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, the it other is. day, it's a drug it, that I don't think many people actually like. <laughs> I and, like uh, Agatha drinks. They, it they black. pretend they like Ugh. it. Agatha drinks social aspect of it. Black and the stronger the better. Like she, she wants like a, a bold blend and no sugar. Like, and that's 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 pretty hardcore for me. It even. is so creamer's my weakness. Uh, yeah, that's something. That, it, it just changes the it for me. Interesting thing is, and we, like, because I in Italy when my wife and I were on a honeymoon, like I had espresso there. I've had espresso here. That doesn't affect me. Really, I can drink that and I'm okay. But um, if I have like American brewed coffee, I don't feel that's, good. Yeah. I feel like really sick. Well, I, I think for, for my victory, I'm going to just steal a couple grape Jolly Ranchers out of this and donate it back to the to Yay. the uh, pot so we can all share. Uh, that's my give back. I just want a couple grapes out of it. And uh, I guess our listeners will let us know if they enjoyed this. If they enjoyed this, we can do round two and give you a, a shot mm-hmm. at redemption where we do another round of, yeah. of uh, seed smelling. So yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we can do it with other things too. Like blooms at certain times, oh, like disguise yeah. the blooms. Maybe we can do that and try to get an idea of, mm-hmm. or leaves if we know they're fragrant to crush them up mm-hmm. and try to guess. So, this, this may just be the start of the competition. Yeah. So, it's like the mm-hmm. nursery Olympics. Yeah. So, Noel, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your, your background and how you, you got here. Well, I knew nothing about native plants until I stumbled across an Indeed app and applied for this job at Pinelands Nursery. And I love native plants now. I'm on board with it. Awesome. Before that, I've just been looking to be a farmer, learning about farming, different ways, organically, permaculture ways, and came across this farm and fell in love with natives. And that's what my life is about now. Awesome. I started a little nonprofit called Grateful Natives. And in my little town of Lindenwald, New Jersey, I'd like to plant some linden trees that are native, as well as lots of other lovely native plants to give the residents of my little town some joy. So awesome. that's what makes me happy. Awesome. Making other people happy. Well, you made us happy mm-hmm. today. Oh, yeah. Even with some foul-smelling things, we're yeah. both yeah. smiling. So. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was, a, that was a lot of fun. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. Noel, thank you for, thank you, for joining guys. us. And something everyone can do at home, yeah. too. Yes. Do it with your kids. So you, if they like the smell of 
wet dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, trust me, you'll never for once you smell it, you'll never forget it. So that's the one nice thing about it. As long as you have that like scent memory, you'll you'll remember. So Noel, thank you, thank you very much for joining us. We have to uh, whisk you out the same way we whisked you in. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I hope it was fun for people at home and they got something out of it too. I uh, I have my doubts. It could it could have worked. I don't know. It it might it might not have. Yeah. You know, but I love that Noel approached us with that and had a great idea and yeah. we we ran with it. So I And I, if you want to watch the best way to watch other than the the technical difficulty part that we did have that I fixed in the middle. Um you can do that on YouTube. I'll even try and snip that part out individually and <laughs> and put it up as its own thing. Wait, I think this this just in. We just got some uh, listener feedback on what they thought of that segment. <laughs> All right, <laughs> just kidding. So, uh, just for the sake of time, we're we're going to skip doing a pod deck uh, this buzz, and we're also starting to run short. We're we're starting to run out. I have to see if they came out with a volume two yeah. because I really enjoyed the spontane, uh, spontaneity of oh, that. Yeah, and I'm kind of bummed that we're starting to – a lot of the ones that are left are things that we can't do mm-hmm. or uh, – We've already done We've already – yeah, exactly. So it's like replay your favorite episode. You yeah. know, it's just – it's not quite Interview your mom and dad. Did yeah, we d- did that one. So it's, it's, it's kind of we're, – we're starting to run out. So I'm okay – foregoing it and i'll see if we can come up with with other ones but um i did want to break up tom and i have actually been doing a lot of speaking engagements and we've noticed that a lot of our listeners are in these speaking engagements and it's great to see your faces and and hear your voices because we don't get to interact that way it's mostly us talking oh yeah at you and not getting to interact so but one that is coming up that everyone can be a part of if you'd like to hear the talk that that we've been giving about growing the circle uh, the Bowman's Hill Wildflower Preserve Thursday Night Nature Talks happen every Thursday, and uh, we're going to be uh, speaking Thursday, November 11th, and we'll be concluding that series, the fall series, so we'll be the last speaker. Um, yeah, and I was looking at that series. They have a re- lot of really good topics that they've – well, I guess it started last Last week, week yeah. So, um, yeah, they have some really, really good stuff coming up. Yeah, so. they have some great speakers, and we're we're honored to be uh, part of that speaking group. Um, it's available through Zoom, so you don't have to go. But if you want to hear expand on this, you can head over to bhwp.org and register. Registration is $15, and the program has a, a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time it's supposed to be an hour, but let's be honest. When Tom and I start talking, we we've been running yeah, about. Yeah, we haven't we haven't kept it on an hour. We've been yet. running about seventy five minutes, and then like a ten to fifteen question and answer. Mm-hmm. So give yourself a good hour and a half. Um, and if you you know it's it's a it's similar to what we talk about, but a little more focused. Um, and it's we've gotten some great feedback on it. So if you'd like to be a part of that that audience, we would love to see your faces and hear your voices as well. So. Yeah. No, that should be it, – it's a lot of fun. I can't wait for that one. So and that's the last one we have on our schedule. Yeah, think, for the, year. the so. fifth and final one for the year. So, as, so far. We're hoping yes. we get a couple more. But with that, thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy listening to The Buzz. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pylons Nursery. We're giving a, a, a big thank you to RJ Comer for our Buzz theme music. I know we're, we've been talking about offering up uh, – a contest for new theme music. I don't think I want to change the buzz music. I think that yeah. music is so synon- – uh, the song Nightly Suicide by R.J. Comer so synonymous with the buzz. I can't imagine changing that one, but maybe we could throw up rooted discussions yeah. and meet the guest. Uh, 
music for for competition and more on that soon as we get closer to the end of the year. Uh, make sure you stream or buy RJ's music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. Follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, or at Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet, and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Uh, the question and comment line has been a little quiet the last couple weeks, but uh, we were on a on a roll and then it kind of died off. So call us at 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. We're going to play it on a future episode of The Buzz and answer it to the best of our ability. Let's not forget the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. We're up over 750 members now, and uh, the interaction has been wonderful. A lot of new faces and a lot of great conversations, so let's keep it going over there. So you can now buy Native Plants Healthy Planet t-shirts. You can find them on our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. Uh, right at the top, there's a link. It just says T-shirts or something like that. I always forget to look up what it actually <laughs> says. But it has pictures of T-shirts. If you click there, it'll take you to our Teespring store. And all the, the proceeds from those shirts are going to the organizations that we're having on in yeah. some way. We've, we've chosen two so far, and we can't wait until we build up enough of a bankroll that we can do it again in a, a month or two from they, now. They've been thrilled. We've been thrilled. We're, we're happy to be able to do it. And you should all be proud of uh, – Proud of yourselves at the amount of money that we've we've been able to raise for for these great organizations. Yeah. We're really proud of everyone for doing that as well and pitching yeah. in. So, and I think they're pretty stylish. What about you, Fran? I own. Am I? I'm not wearing one today, but uh, Noel was wearing one mm-hmm. today. She had on a. I think it was Eat Native Plants uh, shirt. I I own. I think five or six right now. So it's yeah. I keep buying them. So oh, yeah. it's becoming my everyday wardrobe. <laughs> so, um, you can listen to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. On our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplan.com. But let's be honest, you're probably going to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, really wherever you consume your podcast. When you do, if you can do us a big favor and leave us a review and and subscribe to our channel. Uh, Don't just leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. And if you add a a little write-up, a little comment to that, I will pick you as my listener of the week uh, on our next buzz episode. Yes. Make Tom do a lot of work. Yeah. Let's uh, like give him like five, six, five star reviews. So he has to do some research and, uh, do a background check on you so he can give you some nice, some nice comments. So, so today was supposed to be my turn for a secret. Night. I, I, but I, I didn't forgot, prepare. Uh, yeah. And I didn't prepare last time and Fran bailed me out and kind of remind me of some stuff, but, um, it was actually when we were doing the segment with Noel and I'm sniffing these coffee beans. It brought me back to a moment in my, my like long ago past, mm-hmm. Um, when I was just a little kid, uh, I guess I was, I couldn't have been that little cause this building we're sitting in right now, our, our office now was built, Okay, but it was, I think it was fairly new. <clears throat> and in the back of the, um, <clears throat> the main office here, there's a, a kitchen and they would have, um, all the, the coffee and I don't know where my brother and I got it from. It was my brother's idea. All right. Number one. And, uh, <laughs> if you know my brother, he's a little wild, wild. Yes. And, uh, well, in my we weren't baseball fans, but I think we like watched like some cowboy movies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was notorious, especially with like the seventies and eighties cowboy movies, is there was a lot of chewing tobacco yes. going on. So we're like, oh, we want to like be cowboys and <laughs> chew tobacco or whatever. So we'd come in here and actually take like coffee grounds and shove oh. them in our mouth, like like oh. it was. And we didn't know what we didn't you didn't yeah. put it in your lip or anything. We just load our mouth yeah. with 
like coffee grounds. Uh-huh. So when we spit, it would come out really black <laughs> and pretend we were we were chewing tobacco that way. And uh, my dad caught us the one time. He's like, "What the heck are you kids doing?" And then we told him that we want. And he's like, "Oh, if you really want to try chewing tobacco, I'll let you try chewing tobacco." And he after church, this was <laughs> this was like a really. He brought us to uh, after church on a Sunday. He brought us to a Wawa, and uh, and I think he picked up a bag of beech nut like pouch oh, chewing tobacco wow. and brought us home. He's like, okay, guys, pull some out and put it in your mouth. And we pulled out, but we like, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. We didn't know that there's like a process and that yeah. you aren't just literally chewing this and swallow it. Yeah. 30 seconds. We're both like running out the back door, sliding by his door, vomiting over the, <laughs> <laughs> the porch railing. Oh man, that made me so sick. You know, but, that was kind of very similar to my first shot. It was on a fishing trip with my dad and, and a friend of my dad's and he did, red man mm-hmm. chewing tobacco and that's not actually i guess very politically correct no, no. <laughs> brand but uh i mentioned something he goes oh you, you want to try it let's go you know mm-hmm. same thing it, it, like within a minute i was i was throwing up over in the bushes yep. on the yep. side of the lake yeah. so now, it's, and my dad that was one of the things he did really well and uh and i can't wait until my kids are old enough to do <laughs> that because he um even with like cigarettes it was uh i've we had or they had some friends that smoked and we were on a camping trip and we kept talking about cigarettes or whatever and uh and he's like okay let's go find find your like so and so and you're going to ask him for a cigarette and i had to go up and i had to ask for one my dad kind of gave the nod to yeah. him it was okay yeah. and they gave us and like and we like it was literally like one puff and I'm like what the hell is this and spit it out and get rid of it and but he like he made us do it Really, to just cement that bad memory yeah. in place. We you um, know, like at this point is nostalgic. It was like, oh, it was like harmless, but at the time, it was like, oh, we're gonna get to smoke a cigarette. You know, <laughs> it was terrible. I gotta tell you, I started smoking at like eleven years old, mm-hmm. and and none, of, no one in my fam- family smoked. But back back at that time frame, like early seventy or late late 70s early 80s you could go to the corner store it wasn't a wawa it was Mm -hmm. the corner store and they knew your family and you could say hey my mom needs a pack of this so like me and my friend would go up for cigarettes for his mom but we would just keep them Mm -hmm. and then we started like (laughs) the stadium for um the high school that i went to was in my development and there was a whole like we'd go under after football games and look under the bleachers for for, for, (laughs) like half smoked cigarettes and you know it was just funny like how easy we had access to it and it didn't deter – like that was one – like chew, I never touched it again. But cigarettes didn't really – because everyone – back then, everyone smoked. Like it seemed like yeah. everyone smoked. So you're like, I, I guess I better – like now how everyone drinks coffee, it's kind of yeah. like yeah. everyone smoked. It's like I guess I have to get used to this. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. But real quick before – I know we're getting way off topic. So I was at a trade show probably like about – 16, 17 years ago, and we were in a restaurant, and at the end for dessert, we had Greek coffee. So the grounds are in the cup, and they pour the water over it. So when you're mm-hmm. done, there's the bottom of the cup is filled with grounds. Yeah. I had never seen it done like that. So we were talking to the waiter saying, you know, what do you do with this? You just leave it there? And he goes, yeah, I've seen some, you know, like old school uh, Greek men come in and actually take a little bit of you know, with a spoon and eat it. I don't know if he was serious or joking, <laughs> but I started, I'm like, who wants to bet me to take a spoonful of, yeah. <laughs> of coffee grounds? Oh my God. I took a spoonful and it 
like jammed in my gums between oh, my gosh. teeth and yeah. wouldn't come out. Yeah. And I had to get up and leave the table and and wash my mouth out in the sink yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. And I still couldn't get like the grounds oh, out of my wow. mouth. They were – everyone was laughing at me for like an hour afterwards. They're like, you idiot. And I'm like, eh, yeah, you know, he said that people eat it. I don't yeah. know. I know yeah. better now. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> when we were kids, we didn't mind it. I Like my brother had been doing it and he told me that we should do it together the one time and I did it. And I'm like, I don't know why we're doing this, but it's not that bad. It was better than when he convinced me to eat worms and we had to wash them <laughs> off in the mud puddle. But I'll save that story for <laughs> that be another secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think with that. We should we should close yeah. this one out. With that, I'm Tom. Thank you, everyone. And I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're actually um, our guest is going to lead us more on like we're we're going towards a Halloween theme the next couple weeks. So our next guest will be a little more spooky, scary. You think? Yeah, maybe, maybe? a little bit. Probably not. But <laughs> but it's it's going to be more Halloween theme. So we're we're excited for the next couple uh, episodes. So. Uh, make sure you tune in next week, and until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.